This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, what's up, everyone? Bruce Moore here from the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Before we get started in today's episode, I want to introduce you to our friends over at Got Stubbs. Got Stubbs is a Chicago-founded ticket marketplace that covers millions of live and digital concerts, theater, and sports across the nation. They sell experiences with a focus on local Illinois sports, theater, and concerts, all while giving a portion of the proceeds back to the Chicago-based not-for-profit partner, Fight to Feed. I can't think of a better way to get your tickets than by heading over to gotstubs.com. You can follow the link below. And not only will you get your tickets, but you'll also be partnered with Fight to Feed. It's Hazard from uh, Les Champs du Hazard. Symphonic, orchestral, dark opera, black metal, or whatever you want to call it. Where are you at? I'm fine, yeah. And you? Where are you at? Are you in? The, you're in Europe. I'm. Uh, I'm home. I'm at home. I mean, it's Corona, so we have to stay home. Yeah. How bad? So, what country are you from? From France. Oh wow! So, is it really bad over there? Yeah, it's quite bad, and it's not getting better. Because things are starting to open up here a little bit, so it's kind of interesting. Yeah, but it's not. Uh, we're not at this point here. Uh, we have to, to wait maybe until summer. Ugh. That's terrible. How are, you, yeah. uh, how are you handling it, especially with music? Are you able to... I mean, obviously you can use it to write. Uh, it's, a little, writing. Uh, it's a little chaotic at the moment. Uh, it's the contrary for me. I don't have much time because of the corona. Right. So I have to... Uh, to, to um, yeah, because, because of the work, because of uh, the family and all. So I have to to take one hour when I can take it. But uh, I'm used to have a routine for working on music. But right now I don't have any routine anymore, and it's quite uh, quite hard. <laughs> but if we if we get better, do you find that the the stuff that we're going through, not only just the virus, but all this political and all this other turmoil, adds to your music because your music is so dark anyway? No, actually, it's something that uh, when I do my music, I'm kind of in a bubble. So there's nothing much uh, that influences. I mean, from the from the outside world, like what you say, political or society, doesn't have much influence. Okay, so let's let's start about the uh, let's chat about the uh, record then or the project. How what was the catalyst to put all this? What I what some might even say like elements that don't really fit together, like the opera and the classical and the metal and the darkness. How did you come up with that idea to put it all together? It felt quite, actually quite natural to me. So because I'm classically 
trained and I've always always been interested in dark music and in what I was looking for in the classical. It was always uh, yeah the dark uh, dark side of the classical music. So it felt natural to me to um, to take classical music and to, um, to drive it in a direction where it's getting darker and darker. And of course, I I had um, some. I spent a lot of time in the metal uh, scene, so it felt natural to me to mix the two of them. And yeah, I was quite uh, surprised afterwards to see that there was a lot of questions about is it metal? Is it uh, why it's not metal and so on? Because when I was doing it, I wasn't asking myself any of those questions. It, I, I mean, it's. Just uh, it just flew like this, and there was no question if yeah what it what it is or what it should be. Yeah, I mean, because it definitely is different from a lot of stuff that I've heard on the scene or seen on the scene, and it's also, to be honest, not easy listening. I mean, you can't like put that on and I don't think drive around in the car. I think that's made for sitting at the house, a glass of wine, and really taking yeah. it in. Would you say? Yeah, it's music you have to listen to. I think like like most classical music, like it's not not something you drive around in a car. You put in a car with uh, with friends when you're driving. It's the right. same. You, there's so much going on. There's, yeah, there's many many layers, many uh, many things to to listen to, and so yeah. Is this mainly a solo project? Are you doing all of it? Yeah, it is a solo project. I'm doing all the music, and more and more, I'm relying for the voices on on talented singers. So the goal is that I do less and less singing, and that I rely more and more on a real singer. I would say, okay. like people with, who are better than me at singing. Right. So right now, I have two. <laughs> I have two soprano, a baritone, a tenor. So yeah, we'll see for the next one what uh, what I need. Okay, are you? Choir uh, would be great, but yeah. Is there a message or something you want the listener to take away after hearing one of your records? And I'm sorry, I'm not French, so I'm not going to try and butcher it. Can you? It's. Can you give me that name of the project? I don't want to butcher it. Les Chants du Hasard. Yeah, I would have never gotten that, so. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Thank you. But is no there problem. something you want your fans to walk there, away with? There's, no, there's no real message. Uh, I, I really, I do the music. The, the goal is that really to put the listener in a bubble. As you said, it's not music you, you put on for driving or for uh, as a background music. It's really meant like to, to, to be listened to when, when you're um, at home, you feel comfortable, you listen to the record, and then the goal is to, to, have, to have the listener to imagine what's going on right. and uh, the, the underlying story. What is That's this? my goal, actually. So since it's a solo thing and you're getting people to help you out here. What's the uh, chances of getting this live? Or is there any kind of uh, goal to put this in a live setting once it all clears up? No, at the moment, there's no chance to, to have this project live because uh, 
the the main problem is uh, is financial. So it costs a lot to have an orchestra. So and at the moment, uh, I cannot afford this. Sure. If the pro if the project get get more um, following and then so on and develops, I, I'll be able to see um, to maybe to get to try it. But at the moment, um, I don't see any path to playing live. Because I know listening I to, give- listening to it and just sitting there, I was like, I could picture it as a Broadway kind of thing or like a big production if that makes sense yeah 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 i would like to but oh i know it's it's costly and i know the scene we're in is not um the the metal scene or this weird scene is not going to be supportive or not yet anyway of that sort of thing but i could definitely like when i'm listening to it i was envisioning a whole like broadway kind of production you know with opera singers and yeah yeah, yeah. The problem is as well is like is that uh, for this music, I would need a, a a large orchestra, a big orchestra, because I need a lot of, of sections, a lot of instruments. So I cannot get away with uh, with six or ten musicians. It's really like I, I would need a very big orchestra, and at the moment, it's not possible. Okay. So how do you go about how do you go about writing this stuff? Because it is really, really dark i guess is the word for it are you uh are you sitting down with an idea or are you sitting down with the music and then going from there are you trying to exercise some demons or is it cathartic does that all make sense yeah yeah i actually it's uh i spend a lot of time because before writing the music uh thinking about it so that means i spend a lot of time wandering in the forest or uh, everywhere actually and I, I was thinking about it and building like the structure of the album. So that's I re- what I really know before I begin what I want to put in it. And so I have this main idea that I try to always stick to. To really not to to get away in another direction. If I find something cool, really stick to the main idea once I found it. And then, yeah, um, then it's a lot of work on... First on the piano to, to to put a rough sketch of the uh, of the songs, and then uh, afterwards the orchestration on paper and computer. Gotcha. And is it hard not to? I know you said you try and focus, but is it hard not to stray? Like are you, once you start working, do you all of a sudden start thinking of a million ideas, or you just have to stay focused and flush them out? Yeah, it's hard to, to stay focused, uh, but right now it's not the first album I, I did. I worked with some other projects, so I have a little experience in writing music. And also, I, I do something that really helps, is uh, to have a routine. So it's really uh, every day at the same time for me, it's from 10 p.m. to 12 p.m., I do music. And so then it's much easier this way because every time at 10 p.m. when I start making music, I at once I find the mood I was on, I was in uh, the day before, and I can start really from where I, uh, I stopped the, the day before. Right. So it's really the, having this routine really helps. Do you find that when you get in, do you find that when you get in there sometimes at 10 o'clock you're just staring into space and can't get motivated, or usually pretty disciplined? Uh, 
yeah, sometimes it's hard, but really with this routine, I don't, I don't ask myself anymore if, uh, okay, it's time. It's just, uh, yeah, it's time. Uh, it's time for me to do music. Like it's time to eat. It's time to uh, to go to sleep. It's it's a habit, and it's it's really like uh, what I found works the best. Yeah, I mean, discipline, that's, I wish I could be disciplined in a lot of that stuff, but it makes sense that this is your time carved out, this is what I'm going to do, so just like going to the gym or just whatever it is. Yeah, once, once, you, once you, you're used to doing something, you don't ask yourself anymore if it's, uh, that you have to get motivated. Actually, I began doing this after uh, reading an article about um, writers and about their, their habits and how they, they were writing. And uh, the conclusion of the article was that they all had a very different uh, schedule, but the, the common point was that they always have the same routine. Every day was the same. At uh, fixed hours, they were writing, they were, then they were stopping, and it was every day the same, and that's how it worked the best. So I tried it for myself, and it's true that it, that's interesting. it worked. Good for you. Um, what's next? Are you writing? I guess you're always writing material, then, if you're doing that stuff. So are you working on another release or you kind of just have ideas in your head where are you at right now uh, no at the moment i'm not uh i'm i'm not working on les champs du hasard so i'm working right now on another project but nothing nothing uh, really specific nothing planned yet no not really planned so uh, just uh, like explore uh, exploratory work right so Okay, so a couple more. I know you said you're a metalhead as well. Are you drawing? Who are you drawing uh, influence from in the metal world? Is it more like the black metal stuff, the darker things? Uh, I, I would say that uh, I draw a lot of uh, influence from uh, from black metal, but now I say that I've been like a quite a couple of years in the metal scene. So um, I don't think I, I could not point like uh, this band or this band is a real influence. It's like, because I have, I have, I had time to, to digest my influences right. and to, to do my stuff. So I would say I, I was a lot, uh, I was influenced by the black metal scene in general. And uh, yes, uh, the symphonic black metal, because I thought, yeah, it's, it's an interesting starting point, but I think if we can we can go we can go even further, and that's that's what I uh, I try to do actually. So, so to do that was the starting point to do black metal, but without uh, without the metal actually to do uh, to keep the, the symphonic black metal, but remove the metal part and you only keep the orchestra. And so that was a starting point. At this moment, I'm trying, trying to to broaden my uh, like to stray away a little from this idea. So it means that like uh, not just black metal, not just harsh vocals, but more in uh, in, in direction of uh, opera, because yeah. I think there's a lot uh, there's a lot to do in this direction, and uh, I find it very interesting. It's it's interesting how they sort of meld the opera and the metal. I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm old school or something, but I never really took the time to think how they could meld together or or work together, but they really do. 
and especially in you know your project, they work fabulously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's, uh, I'm not the first to think about this. Uh, or if you think like opera metal is uh, already a style in itself, there were uh, some some bands uh, who claim to do this uh, this style of music. So it's it's an idea that's been in the scene for uh, for quite some years. And the, uh, yeah, I'm trying like really like to to push it further and further, and to yes, until um, I don't know until where actually, <laughs> but yeah, to push it further and to <laughs> and to see what I can get from this. So is that the goal then, just to see how far we can push it, or do you think you're going to reach a limit where it's going to have to, you can't go any further without it being too avant-garde or too unlistenable? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I understand completely the question. It's, it's hard to say because uh, I would like, actually, it's, it's already uh, too much avant-garde for a lot of metalheads, what I'm doing. Sure. So I would say, yeah, um, I had some ideas to push it really in a direction um, like to, where, where it's harsher, where it's uh, more dissonant, so that would to to really have something much darker than it is right now with the introduction of dissonance uh, not tonal music but autonomous but uh, first it's hard uh, it's hard to do so um, right. it's much harder to compose such music and yeah um, i'm not sure there's there's enough people ready for uh, right. for me to push even even further in this direction so right now I'm yeah I'm gathering the uh, the opinions of people listening to this, um, thinking about where I want to to put this project, where I want to, in which direction I want to go. But there, there's no direction planned actually for the the follow up. Okay, so one more. How much you just mentioned it, but how much do you let what people think and those reviews and those that input from people affect what you're doing? Um, I find it interesting to read, like, uh, not like to put a cross on this guy, this guy liked what I did, this guy didn't like, but because how how people perceive uh, my work, meaning that what words they use to, uh, to qualify the music. And I, I find this interesting because sometimes it gives me new ideas and directions actually, uh, what they say gives me direct, yeah, give me ideas for new direction or new things to try. Mm-hmm. So I find it interesting to read reviews about my music. Okay. Especially when it's not, uh, when it's not common. And uh, a lot of people have problems like labeling it properly or finding a right label, the right label for this music. So yeah, yeah, I find it, uh, I try to read the reviews. I think uh, art is subjective anyway, though, right? I mean, not just music, any kind of art, uh, Picasso or whatever. He wasn't really worried about whether people get it. He was just making it for himself and then hoping you connect with somebody. That's the goal anyway, right? Yeah, that's the goal. I mean, if I, if I didn't release the, the music, um, I, I, I cannot say that I don't care about what people, what people think since I released my music. When you release it, of course you care about the, what the people right. think. 
but still, it's still mm-hmm. from you, and not everyone's going to get it, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's two, there's two different, it's, uh, there's two different things. It's like when I do the music, I do it for me, and then I try to do what I really like and what. Uh, to uh, yeah, there's this idea that I want to to put on on the record, but then there's the second uh, second thing, which is the release, and then it's uh, it's about how the uh, how about the the, the outside world, right. uh, what the outside world thinks about your music, and it's two different things and it's two different phases of the work, and um, I think it's interesting to have both. Sure. I mean, otherwise I wouldn't really, I would just put it in a drawer and uh, begin on the next one. Yeah. No, I get but, it. But uh, it's very motivating as well to see, to see people who like, uh, who like your music. Right. And people who want to, to get in touch and everything. So awesome. Yeah. That's all, that's all I've got. Just, uh, perfect. Yeah. That's it. Awesome. Okay. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Bruce. Stay, Have a nice day. Yeah, stay safe over there. Be well. Bye. Bye. Hello out there. Yes, we're out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! <laughs>